The Pilgrim's Progress Reloaded Chapter 16 Ecclesiastic Boogaloo There it is, the interpreter said, the great mobile fair of futility. He passed the binoculars to Christian. Christian peered through them. In the distance, he saw a massive assortment of vehicles, hover platforms, and floating structures, connected by suspended walkways. Each platform seemed to try to move on its own, and in its own direction, conveyed by either wheels, hover projectors, or mechanical legs. Yet the whole tangle of platforms ended up moving in the same direction, despite each platform's apparent individuality. Finally! Zealot snatched the binoculars from Christian's hand. It has been too long since we experienced conflict with our true enemy. Why is this place so insidiously difficult to locate? The great mobile fair of futility constantly moves. Christian took the binoculars back from Zealot. Hence the name. I've never been to it myself. Why are we here again? Truth said, taking the binoculars and examining the city herself. Christian snatched the binoculars back. We've gone over that for the past several days. Why are you asking now? Because all that other stuff wasn't on screen and the audience needs expositional establishment of intent. Oh, well, why didn't you say so? Uh, we're here because it's the closest place I know the lost congregate. Still, Zealot reached for the binoculars again. Why would someone enter such a congregation of concrete congestion? Before Zealot could grab them, Truth jerked out of the way and looked back at the city. The lost within are constantly seeking new enjoyments, new diversions, and new philosophies, vainly trying to feel safe from total atomic annihilation. Interpreter took the binoculars from Truth and hid them behind his back as if to stop the constant snatching. That is why this was once called Vanity Fair. But after an unfortunate copyright suit by some obscure magazine, they were forced to change the name. Christian glanced at Zealot, confused. What on earth is a magazine? Zealot shrugged. The interpreter sighed and shook his head. Kids these days. Love snuck up behind the interpreter and grabbed the binoculars, but didn't look through them. These poor lost folk must be told of the evils they have done. They're totally going to get nuked if they keep it up. Truth snatched the binoculars from Love's hands. Why do you take the binoculars if you weren't going to use them? I thought we were using it as a speaking stick? Love grabbed the binoculars back. You can only talk if you're holding the binoculars? What? No. Truth said as she instinctively reached for the binoculars. Enough of this talk, Zealot said, but not before first grabbing the binoculars. We must engage the denizens of this mechanical festival in rhetoric, lest their doom be undissuaded. Dollar, Truth said. What? Zealot's tone rose. Dissuaded is a word, thus undissuaded should be as well. It isn't. You owe me a dollar. Oh, very well. Zealot handed Truth a dollar and scowled. I gave you that collection of pretentious synonyms so you would stop making up words. But how else shall I elucidate my verbiage? I'm going to elucidate your verbiage if you don't stop it. Truth put her hands on her hips and returned Zealot's glare. Ha! You may try. You can't force me to do anything I don't want to do. Yeah, that's not a good thing, Love said. Oh? Zealot loomed over Love, staring with his best intimidating glare. Well... Uh, your face isn't a good thing. The insult came with the eloquence of a stuttering child. Love's mouth hung open and tears welled in her eyes. Why would you say that? What's wrong with my face? Has it always been so revolting to you? Zealot, Christian said. What have you done? You can't talk to Love the way you would talk to Truth. He put an arm around Love's shoulder. It's okay, Love. He didn't mean it. Is it true? 
Love grabbed Christian by the armor and peered into his eyes. Am I really hideous? Uh, the sudden assault left Christian speechless. If you were, it wouldn't matter, Truth said. The aesthetic quality of our exterior forms has little value in the grand scheme of things, especially for allegories like us. Yeah, Christian said. What Truth said. This didn't seem to have any effect on love. She burst into tears. Christian looked worried. Love, you are a very lovely and charming magical girl allegory. He looked around, searching. Where's Zealot? Truth raised the binoculars, then swore. Running, like any sane man would do in this situation. He's heading to the city. After him. We'll be back with more Pilgrim's Progress Reloaded after these messages. Do you want the fun of marriage without any of the hard work or commitment? Introducing Lust. With Lust, you can create a fake marriage in your head that pretends to fulfill every romantic desire you've ever had. Romantic pursuits taking too much effort, real people too hard to pursue, actual humans rejecting you for your countless repulsive character traits? Not with Lust. With Lust, there is no reality or challenge, only endless fake fulfillment in your head, ensuring that you aren't required to grow or improve improve in any way before having everything you could possibly want. Try lust, because what you feel is more important than what's real. We now return to Pilgrim's Progress Reloaded. Christian woke up with his head feeling like it had taken a job at a crash test dummy factory. He sat up and looked around. What had happened? The last thing he remembered was walking towards the great mobile fair of futility. Everything afterwards was a blur. You're awake! Finally! Conscience said. Christian put a hand to his head, a sharp pain reverberating across his skull. Ah! My head! Why does it hurt so much? He looked down at Conscience. Conscience held a small hammer in his hand. Conscience looked at the hammer, gave a nervous chuckle, then tossed the hammer out of sight. Uh, Never mind about that! We've got to get going! It took me days to wake you up from your trance! Trance? You mean I went back to my old ways? The thought brought horror into Christian's heart. Not quite that far. You didn't kill anybody, and it was easier to wake you up this time. Christian looked around. He was in a gutter on the side of a large walkway on top of one of the hover platforms that made up the mobile fair of futility. Hordes of people rushed past him, their destinations unclear. Christian rose, clutching his head like a hangover from heavy drinking, but he didn't remember consuming any alcohol. Where are the others? Christian said. Conscience hopped up onto his shoulder. Heaven if I know! You're a big help. Aww! Conscience said in a sad tone. His robotic eyes slits drooped. Zealot, love, and truth were nowhere to be seen. When was the last time he had been without his friends? A cold feeling of fear wormed its way into his mind. This fear felt different than the horror of returning to his evil. More pronounced. Much worse if all his friends had left him. He picked a random direction and started walking. What's your plan on finding the others? Conscience said. I figure someone as loud and boisterous as Zealot won't be hard to... How dare you exclaim such obvious nonsense toward me, you foul-brained ruffian? A voice shouted from across the street. Ah, Christian said. There he is. Zealot stood in the distance. A good head and shoulders taller than the others around him. He stood in a small clearing between two walkways, confronting some sort of street preacher in a priest's outfit. Christian ran up to Zealot, which left him short of breath. Zealot, why are you berating this well-dressed man? Don't be ridiculous, Zealot said. Impossible, Christian caught his breath. But I'll try. I berate everyone. I know, but I was wondering why this man in particular. 
The zealot pointed at the priest. This man has the gall to say my gun here came about by random chance and was not intelligently designed. He waved his gun around and fired a few shots into the air. It's simple science, the priest said. If you have not met the designer, all the designer's name isn't on the item, then it must have come together through random chance. How is that scientific, Christian said. The priest raised his hands as if to pray. It has been decreed as science from on high by the holy order of smart people. Blessed be their name. Christian folded his arms. That isn't how science works. At least, I don't think so. Where's truth? Christian looked around, but she was nowhere to be seen. Anyway, I'm pretty sure science is based on evidence, observation, and logic, not decrees from on high by some people who claim to be smart. You deny science! The priest looked shocked. The very idea of denying what the holy order of smart people have decreed is beyond ignorance. Oh, my name isn't atheist. Your name isn't atheist, Zealot pointed at the man's chest. Your name tag says, hello, my name is agnostic. What? Atheist looked down at his priest's outfit with surprise. Christian followed his gaze. The man did indeed have a name tag labeling him as agnostic. Exclamation of disgust. I thought I had had that fixed. Atheist rubbed the writing on his name tag as if attempting to alter the words. They did not change. Christian scoffed. You can't possibly believe that something as complex and intricate as Zealot's conscience pistol came about randomly and wasn't designed. Just look at it. Far too interactive and systematic. Or did systems require intelligent intervention to be made? You wouldn't believe a robot was made randomly. I don't have to believe. I know. Because that is what has been decreed by the holy order of smart people. Blessed be their name. For they are never wrong. And all human knowledge flows through them. Hallelujah. Now hold on a minute. A voice said from the crowd. A tall man in a lap coat walked forward. I am part of the holy order of smart people. Blessed be their name. I assure you that ordered systems cannot be formed through disorder. What? Atheist said. Excommunicate him. He has spoken against the true gospel of smartness. Several people in priest's robes burst from the crowd, grabbed the man in the lab coat, and pulled him out of sight. Zealot and Christian glanced at each other. Zealot looked at a loss for words. Almost. You intellectual tyrant! Zealot aimed his pistol at Atheist. Taste justice! Ha! Atheist said with a grin. Justice is a philosophical concept, and thus has no taste, making your threat only illustrate your lack of intelligence. How dare you! Christian cut him off. Knock it off, Zealot. Shooting him will not further this discussion in any meaningful way. Oh, very well. Zealot holstered his pistol. We aren't getting anywhere with this guy. Let's go. We've got to find the others. Christian pulled on Zealot's arm. But I must stay. Zealot stayed in place. This man says things that are false. Maybe truth can talk some sense into him. Let's go find her. Truth? Atheist said. I have truth right here. Do not be fooled, ladies and gentlemen. This is the real, genuine truth. He waved toward an android woman who looked nothing like truth. She was old with white hair like truth, but her eyes were faded and dull, with little of that rambunctious curiosity that was so infectious. 
The haggish woman lifted a claw toward Atheist and said in an obviously robotic voice, What he says is accurate. You see? Atheist didn't wait for her to finish. What I say is true. Believe in the power of the holy order of smart people. Blessed be their name, for only they can interpret the sacred text of scientific evidence and make the logical decisions necessary to know what is and what is not to science. Shun the non-believer. Shun them. Atheist pointed at Zealot and waved his finger like pointing at a witch. Zealot shook his head in disbelief at the man's antics. But what of the complexities of Sean? Atheist said. But, but, Christian sputtered, wondering what argument would persuade the priest. Energy and matter cannot come from nothing within a temporal system because of the requirement for all things to have a beginning unless forces outside the system. Sean! Atheist shouted. Christian threw up his hands. We're wasting our time. He's a religious fanatic. We're not going to get anywhere with him unless we show him truth. Not through passion, at least. Seems he has passion to match. All right. Zealot turned to go. I suppose I should have ceased my attempts weeks ago. Christian followed Zealot. What was that? Weeks? How long ago did we enter the mobile fair of futility? They made their way past the crowds. Atheist went back to his preaching. I don't remember how long we've been in the mobile fair of futility. Zealot slowed his pace and stroked his chin. Time seems weird here. If that's the case, then how long have we been walking? Zealot and Christian stopped and looked around. They were in an entirely different part of the fair. A far less populated part. Just a few yards away was a small gathering of people watching a man in a magician's outfit. Look, Zealot said, there's truth. Sure enough, there was Truth, standing in the crowd, watching the magician. She seems perturbed, Zealot said. More so than usual, I mean. Yeah, he must have said something slightly incorrect. She hates that. Christian raised his voice to shout. Hey, Truth, over here! Truth didn't respond. The magician did a trick, pulling a rabbit out of a hat. Truth jumped up and down and pointed. There! See? There's argument! The moment she said those words, the rabbit climbed up the magician's sleeve and disappeared. The crowd laughed. Silly little girl, the magician said. There is no argument, for I am art, not argument. I am here to dazzle and befuddle you with my powers of elation. Fireworks shot out of the man's sleeve, and the eyes of the rabbit poked out for a second. There he is again, Truth pointed. You said at the beginning of this act to watch for your rabbit named Argument. I'm just pointing out where he is. Stop spoiling the show, someone from the audience said. It's like the man said here, there is no rabbit named Argument. The rabbit, or rabbit, I mean, climbed out of the magician's sleeve and hurried up his arm into the magician's hat. But he's right there. Truth pointed again. My poor little girl, the magician gave a condescending smile. This type of magic is called satire, and my pet argument is not a part of any of that. But I see him. Nonsense! The magician spun with a flourish and argument disappeared. I am the amazing magician, Art, who bedazzles and befuddles without the use of a pet rabbit named Argument. Look, it's on my business card! Cards shot out of the magician's sleeves and sprayed all over the crowd. Christian picked one up. Sure enough, it said, Art, magician who bedazzles and befuddles without the use of a pet rabbit assistant named Argument. Lost items found. I don't do birthday parties. 
The rabbit tucked his head over Art's shoulder and whispered into his ear. What's that argument? Art said. So you want to do the trick where I saw you in half to illustrate the dual nature of mankind? Well, only because you say so. Truth turned to the crowd. How are you people not seeing this? He's literally saying that argument is there. Hey, Truth. Christian waved at Truth. Truth didn't respond again. Truly, how goes it? Zealot said, louder than Christian. Still no answer. What is this? Zealot's eyes opened wide in fear. She's been so entranced by this magician and his long-eared raccoon that she does not even notice when I misuse her name. This calls for drastic measures. Truth, snap out of it. Christian ran in front of her to get her attention. You're being distracted by a small inaccuracy. You've got to focus on the task at hand. Hurry, before Zealot does drastic measures, whatever that means, it can't be good. Truth stood on tiptoes to look over Christian. Down in front, someone yelled. Yeah, let us watch the magician who doesn't have a pet rabbit named Argument, said another. Christian tried to block Truth's gaze, but she looked around him. We have to get her attention somehow, Christian said. Quick, Zealot, yell something objectively false. Zealot pondered for a few moments. Uh, Code Geass is an anime of only marginally above average quality, Zealot yelled. Truth spun and glared at Zealot. What? Why would you say that? Everyone knows that Code Geass is objectively the greatest. Her voice trailed off, and she stared blankly for a moment. Wait, what was I doing? Where am I? And what's the deal with all these sudden pop culture references? Christian took Truth by the hand and pulled her back away from the crowd. I think it's that art guy. Oh, yes, of course. He represents not only ancient human culture, but modern pop culture as well. Thus, he's infected us with an aura of cultural referential tendencies. Oh, dear. We should get out of here before we continue spouting topical references that damage this allegory's attempt at timeless appeal. Uh, okay. Okay? They continued walking away from the crowd. Anyway, what's happened? I seem to have just awoken from a trance, illustrating the passivity that everyday human life brings upon a person when they consume culture so much it distracts from their vocational pursuits. You're being distracted by a magician attempting to hide his argument behind illusion and trickery, Christian said. I was not! Art yelled after them. Then he addressed the crowd. For my next trick, I will pull a hat out of this rabbit! The crowd gave a collective mutter of wonder. Oh, my dirty word! Truth looked shocked. I've been standing here for so long trying to explain to these people the argument that Art was hiding. How could I waste so much time on something so mundane? Christian and Zealot looked at Truth. Christian raised his eyebrows. You mean, how could you do that again? Truth looked embarrassed, then defiant. In my... Defense, it has been months since our adventure at Palace Beautiful. Months? Christian's eyes narrowed. Just how caterwampus is time here? And where is love? We better find her before a year passes. Love, Truth said, as if suddenly remembering something. I left her back at the rock banging club. The what? There's no telling what's happened in all this time. Truth ran towards one of the walkways leading to the adjoining platform. Quick, follow me. Zealot trundled after her with Christian close behind.
What on earth is a rock-banging club? What other dangers lie in the mobile fair of futility? And will we be sued by Vanity Fair, even though the original Pilgrim's Progress uses that term long before the magazine existed? Find out next time on Pilgrim's Progress Reloaded. The Pilgrim's Progress Reloaded was written by David Umstead. Audio editing by William Umstead. Audio recording by the Infernal Screams of the Eternally Damned.